0: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, and welcome to a very special edition of the Steam Cleaners podcast. I am your host for a what should be a very fun time because we have uh, a guest that is joining us to talk about a game that has been bouncing around in my mind for a little bit now. Um, but of course, when I say we, I should first introduce
1: my lovely co-host, Walter C80s Fetchuck. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am doing wonderfully. Uh, getting over a little bit of a stomach bug from the other day, but uh, feeling better. And it allowed me a lot of time to play the game that I'm going to talk about. And what's even crazier is that we did the podcast back in the day for, what, like five years-ish? And I, don't, I think we barely hit three guests. And here we are back in the saddle less than six months back, and we've already had... Four guests, three total appearances on the on here. It, it's fantastic. I like I like adding some additional voices to the conversation.
0: Yes, well, and this is the fun part about having done the Rough Drafts podcast network is that I get an excuse to pull in one of my lovely co hosts from the K Pop Shenanigans podcast. One, Kristen Pignolo. Kristen,
2: how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, we're excited to have you here, and I am very excited to kind of bounce off of of you when we talk about uh, our game in a bit. But, you know, for people who are maybe listening for the first time, uh, we talk about new games every week that uh, Walter and I have been playing. Um, Last week, we talked about Madden 22 and Pokemon Arceus, and this week we are not talking about either of those things. Uh, So, Walter... What
1: have you been playing recently? That's right, because we're talking about Madden 2021. Let's go, baby! (laughs) Uh, No, so I originally, when I was trying to come up with what I wanted to do for this episode... Um, I had a couple of thoughts, but at one point I had a thought of like, hey, I got, you know, the itch.io bundle raising money for Ukraine and the Humble bundle raising money for Ukraine. So I was like, let me look through those and see if there's anything that like piques my interest. It's really interesting. And I went through, I looked online and saw like some PC Gamer articles about like the best games in each of those bundles. And I picked one out and I was like, all right, I'm going to play this game. And then every time I tried to open it via itch.io, it wouldn't load. So I Googled, like, why is this game not open? It's like, it's a known problem because apparently in the programming files, there's like a DRM code for Steam and they never removed it. So if it's not in Steam it won't activate. So then I like looked around and there was like a GitHub article that was like, oh, here's how you bypass it. And that didn't work for me. So then I was frustrated. I decided I wanted to can the entire idea for this week. And I'll probably do that for the next episode as I'll go through and I'll I'll pick out one of the other games. And I might do that for a couple of episodes going forward. So I decided, listen, I'm sick and tired of playing League. I was frustrated with this. I need something easy, calming, calming. You know, just just the, like, I don't really have to think all that much about. And I, and I went and I was like, what is my calm place? And it's like, well, it's a lake. It's Seneca Lake. It's water. Well, what games do I have that are water? And then I remembered I had been watching this YouTuber called Real Civil Engineer with my girlfriend. And he does this series about Timberborn. And I bought the game... Months ago, after like watching two episodes about it, I said, all right, I'm gonna play timber board because there's water and there's cute beavers and they cut down trees and they build buildings. And like, that's exactly what I need in my life right now. And uh, I am just under 10 hours into the game played over the last three days. And that was 100% what I needed in my life. Beavers chopping down trees and building buildings with a river running in the background.
0: What a concept. What a, what a lovely sales pitch to get us off the ground here. I, I, and I will say, a real civil engineer, shout out to that YouTube channel. He does some really great stuff. Um, I, so, so what makes Timberborn stand out besides the fact that you are beavers rather than people like I imagine most city builders to be?
1: So I, I knew this was going to be a question because like the reality of it is that it's not really like a challenging game. Um, it, it doesn't have like quests or anything. And I will say it's an early access. So maybe there is intention to build a campaign or something down the line. Um, but the reality of it is you start out with like eight or so beavers and your goal is just to build a civilization, build a city, build like living conditions and jobs and, and all of these things for them. And it's a beautiful, lovely communist society because everyone works together and they get what they need. And it, and it's, it's. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, but then, of course, like, it's a game. There has to be something challenging about it. And the challenge is that it's it sort of has, like, a season cycle, like a wet-dry cycle. And at some point as you're playing through, the dry season comes. And your water sources all dry up. And that means the land, you know, the land dries up, so stuff doesn't grow anymore. If you had crops or trees that were growing, they begin to die. Your beavers run out of water to drink. All of these things. So, you're a beaver. How do you prevent all of your water from disappearing? You build a dam. You build multiple dams. You build a series of locks to store water and distribute it and and all that jazz. So, at its core, it's... It's a really, really simple city builder that I think has a much easier difficulty setting than Frostpunk. Because in Frostpunk, there's like multiple stages of the temperature and you have to worry about heating across all the board. And there's like all these variables that go into that game that I thought made it really, really challenging to balance. And Timberborn, it's like, you're balancing your resources, obviously, and there's a, there's like a large number of resources that you can either uh, harvest or craft or, or go from there, but you're just basically balancing your raw resources and balancing water and whether you have access to water. And it's a simple concept, but it can be easy to fuck up at times, which I definitely had multiple instances across my playthrough where I like wasn't prepared for the drought or I like tried to prepare, but I did it the wrong way. And I'm not ashamed to say that, like, I played 9.4 hours uh, in Steam, and that was my very first playthrough. At 9.4 hours, my last beaver died because the drought came, and I had screwed something up, like, days and days before in the game that finally the chickens came home to roost, and I was like, oh, shit, shit. And I had to watch as a poor beaver child perished because it couldn't get food or water because the children in the game can't work.
0: Well, I'm glad they're taking a strong anti-child labor <laughs> stance. We've got that going
1: for us, I suppose. But
0: yeah, that's, that's always the problem with city builders, right? Is that you make a mistake and you don't even realize until several days later that that mistake has compounded into a mess that you may not be able to get out of and if you don't think ahead to save regularly um there's no real coming back from that does it feel fair to you because there's obviously like difficulties um are are things that we we talk about uh in, in a lot of games but city builders in particular i always find it's a matter of like did the game properly communicate the ways in which you fucked up, such that you could figure that out before it was too late. Um, how does Timberborn handle
1: that? Um, in this playthrough, in this instance, I absolutely fucked up. It was my mistake. I'm the one who I'm the one who screwed it all up. And I will even say, me save scumming like earlier on in the game, like I got through, I got into the fifteenth cycle essentially. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's like, oh, there are a number of days happened in each cycle. I wasn't counting, but I got I got through like 15 years essentially in the game. And back in like year eight, uh, the same thing happened to me multiple times because I had built a dam and I had built this, this dam system with floodgates at one end to try and store water for the, the uh, dry season. And it mainly was at that point, then I had split into two different districts. So basically two different like cities that each have to supply their own resources. uh, But there is a system to like move resources back and forth between the two districts. It's a building that you have to build and have staffed and so on and so forth. But I had built the second district because the like next tier of um, resources is metal. And the metal wasn't close enough to my first district for me to harvest it so I had to build a second district just so I could harvest the metal but then while I was doing that I had started to sort of run out of space in my first district so as there would be unemployed beavers in the first district I'd move them over to the second district and start to like staff up buildings and put a farm there itself and put water pumps there itself and basically I built my dam in the wrong spot uh, where i built it i built it like pretty high cuz i'm like oh it'll backfill with all this water cuz it's it's coming into this narrow channel but the reality is the way i built the dam just caused it to backflood into all the other land behind it so it never got up to a high enough level where i was really creating a solid reservoir to get me through like a long period of the dry season so a couple of times in that like eighth year i would get to the dry season go through go through and realize all of my beavers were dying And like went like fuck 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 what do I do? And after like the third or fourth time of doing this, I said, okay, how do I save this? How do I save this? Okay, I have got a lot of water in my in my first district center. I have enough to keep like a number of them alive. I have enough food stored there to keep them alive. Cool. I basically said, however many beavers die now, I I I figured out what I did wrong, I overexpanded, I went too far too fast. I need to just let nature take its course and kill three quarters of the population. And then I will like slowly build myself back up. And that's what I did. And basically three quarters of the population died because we didn't have enough water for them. And I basically ran through my entire reservoir of water, uh, that was like on the ground in the river itself and the stuff that I had in my barrels, um, like water storage. And I had like, 25 beavers left out of like a hundred and then I slowly built them back up and just sort of sort of operated back in that first city center and slowly built my, up, built my way back up 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 and then sent like 10 back over to the second center and then slowly had them start building up but still kept the core of them in the first one and then once I had all of the buildings back in that first district center you know back up and staffed and had a good a storage system of water, had all that stuff, then I would slowly start moving beavers when they would become unemployed to the second city center. And I slowly did that, slowly did that, slowly did that. And I got it to a point where I had a balance between the two of them, that they were both operating. If, if they had been separated, if they never interacted with each other, both of them could have functioned by themselves and would have survived.
2: So there's a way kind of to come back from putting yourself in a bad spot. Yes early in the yes. game. There's there's a recovery you can
1: recover. Yes. I will I would say if you have two beavers left, you can recover as long as you have uh a as long as you have like a food source already built, you have a water source, uh, water pump already built, and you have lodging. Because um the way the beavers in the the uh faction that I played as uh reproduce is they need to have lodging they are not wild animals they will not just reproduce out in the wild you have to build them a house and then that is how they reproduce um i know there's another faction in the game that they are like a science tech you know techno technology type faction and they reproduce in vats so there's like a way that then you know you could survive that way but ultimately if you have two beavers one that can harvest food and plant food and one that can get water theoretically you should be able to save yourself um I never got down to that point. And that ultimately is when I fucked up the third, the the last time when they all died. Uh, I didn't catch that all my, like I had a death wave going through and didn't catch all my beavers were dying until it was too late. And by the time I had moved everyone, by now I had built a third center. Uh, By the time I moved everyone back to that first center, they were already so just like on the edge of death that I was left with one adult beaver and three children. And the children don't do any work. And one adult beaver can't pump water and harvest food, like, not efficiently. I would have had to, like, go back and forth toggling the buildings to try and get them to do it. Um, so I finally just, like, I gave up because at that point, um, it, it it was fucked. Like, I have saves where I could go back and I could be like, all right, cool. Now I know what I fucked up. I just need to pay more attention. Um, but I thought I was like, I'm at about 10 hours of the game. And, like, I want this to be a lesson. I think I overbuilt too much, too fast, and uh, I put my dam in the wrong spot. And the game was very, the way the game played out, it's not like the game said, like, hey, you built your dam in the wrong spot, dummy. But analyzing everything as as everything was falling apart, it was like, yeah, I built my dam in the wrong spot, I did it the wrong way, and I'm being punished for that. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel dumb for that. I just, I got unlucky. And I definitely could go back and, and save that playthrough and, and figure out a way to like fix it all and get it all working. Um, but I was kind of content. I was like, yeah, OK, cool. I had them survive for 15 cycles. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, there are so many
0: phrases in that uh, recap that I just love so much. F- Beaver factions is not something I knew I needed until you started <laughs> talking about this game. Um and I, I would be curious, like, obviously you said this game is an early access, so I imagine that more content is coming, but uh, as far as replayability goes, do you have, like, multiple different scenarios to go through like you did with Frostpunk? Do the factions play out differently differently? Uh enough that it feels like you're making a, a substantial change. So uh, what's that element?
1: Like? Yeah, so right now there are two different factions in the game. there There's the primary factory uh faction that I played that is more like traditional beavers. Like they build things, they need lodges, they reproduce, you know, how beavers reproduce. And then there are the iron tails. And the iron tails, like I said, they use vats to build up their population. Um, they are very like science and technology oriented. Um, they're like, they're a bit bigger so they can carry more, but they move a little bit slower. Um, unique item wise, you can build power sources and the beaver, the first faction of beavers, which I forget what their faction is called. They use windmills and the windmills will go off and on, um, at points in the game. I'm sure there is some... You know, mechanic in the game that tells you when the wind is blowing, how much wind is blowing, the, you know, the best spot to put the windmills. But again, I didn't really pay attention to that because I was just like, I was zoned out with the YouTube videos in the background and just being like, oh, this is fun. This is great. This is relaxing. Whereas I know the Iron Tails, they have a building that is called an, it's an engine and you fuel it with wood. And that's a way other than like water wheels to power all of these other like factory buildings to make wood planks or gears or paper. You can make explosives to, you know, blow up parts of the land to help redirect water or level the land or create, you know, channels for the water to flow through. Um, So they do play differently. Um, like I said right towards the beginning, there aren't any like there isn't a campaign. There aren't any, aren't any scenarios in like a traditional sense of the word, but there are different le- uh, different maps. And the maps have a variety of, like, I know there's one map that's, like, called Lake, and it has way more water than some of the other maps. And one of the other maps, it's just, like, one river going through the middle. And one other map is, like, it's really mountainous. And one map, it's, like, it's basically all desert with one tiny little water source. And so there is a lot of replayability in what they already have now. Um, Not necessarily, though, in, like, the central gameplay loop. Like, the core gameplay loop is pretty straightforward. Okay, I need to get a water source for my beavers, okay. Now that I have consistent water source, now I need to figure out my food source. Am I just going to rely on the berries that are growing or am I going to try and get a farm going? Well, to get all these things, now I need to get logs. So I need to get, you know, uh, lumberjacks going to get, you know, knock logs down. Cool, that's like the first tier. Now that I hit the second tier, I need to build a factory to turn the logs into wood planks. And from there I can build... And then it just starts, you know, kind of doing that city builder snowball of you unlock each kind of tech tier and you go from that into that into that. Um, But ultimately, like... There's no end goal. Like, the game doesn't just stop randomly at, you know, year 50 and go, congratulations, you won, the Beavers have conquered Earth. Like, it it has probably infinite replayability right now if you enjoy that gameplay loop and the sort of dopamine you hit you get from success isn't from getting a, like, game-completed screen, but is from a, like, oh, there's a mine over there and... I need more metal because I've uh, I've exhausted all of the like uh, scrap metal piles that are around me. So now I need to build over there. Oh, but it's out of range of my district center. So now what I have to do is I have to build another district center over there. That way that can you know support the mine. And okay, do I want to divert water over to there? That way I can build a farm so they can be self sufficient. Or am I going to do all my farming over here and I'm going to have to transport food and water back and forth? And it it's it's in all honesty, it's all the city building stuff that I really wanted from Frostpunk that I feel like I didn't get to experience because that game was so goddamn difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, I certainly, I don't play a lot of city builders. I don't know, Kristen, if you're a big city builder person.
2: Not, not especially. I do enjoy resource management games, but not city builders I've never really dabbled in that particular game type before.
0: Yeah, that's fair. and I, I think some of it, like, you know, at least to to speak for myself, like there's, I, I like having a goal, like a clear thing that I could work towards and I accomplish and I get to check the thing off of my list. And it, it seems like this game, um, very much like, like, uh, all the good city builders is, is, um, let yourself, uh, Build how you want to build, adapt to your environment, and see how long you can go. Um, Which I I do think um, certainly you can get into a rhythm with that, right? Where um, it's something that you can, um, you know, find your little moments that you want to uh, get into your little goals that you kind of set for yourself as you build out this city. Um, Do you have a wish list of like things you'd like to see for the game before it's officially
1: released? Um, I mean, I I just would like to see more content, like more factions would probably be cool. Um, It would be like, it just, I want to see what else they can come up with. It's it, I don't look at this game and go like, oh, well, you know what really would have made this game much better is if they added X, Y, and Z. Like, would a campaign be cool for this? Absolutely. But like city builder campaigns or strategy game campaigns are like it's the same thing it's just repetitive but it's like okay but you're building all these things to do x and this is the first time in a long time that i've had any kind of like building survival strategy type game where you know minecraft satisfactory factorio Rimworld, world you know the list goes on and on where i actually like came up with goals And I met them and I felt really proud of myself. And it wasn't a like, okay, what do I do next? It was more like, what do I do next? What's the next thing that I want to do? Like the reason I overexpanded into that third district is because there was, there was a mine over there. And my scrap pile had ran out. And I'm like, well, if I want metal to build all these other things, I got to come up with a more consistent source of metal. And there's a mine spot right over there. Well, now I have to travel over the river and I have to set up the society. And I did. I made the decision of... I'm going to set them up to be self-sufficient and that's going to be my metal processing area. All of the met, like the scrap metal is going to get converted to metal blocks there. And then once they're metal blocks, I'll then move those metal blocks back to the second district, which I was like, that's now going to be my factory district. That's where I'm going to build all the planks and the gears and all that jazz. And then my first district, because it was closest to the largest body of water... I was like, that's going to stay the most, you know, most fertile. So that's going to be my farming and my log district and and my, I'll put my observatories and my science buildings over there. And I had this great plan in my mind. And then I went to build the second dam and I built it too fast and the water never came back. And I didn't want to just delete the buildings because I had spent all this time and when I got to the moment, like the, the point of, you know, no return, I I hesitated and I didn't do what I should have done, which is I should have destroyed the buildings so that the water could have flowed back. And the run ended, you know, the, the, the run, quote unquote, but the beavers died and I would have had to reload. Um, so I, do I think it needs stuff? Yeah, like it needs more just content. In general, more buildings, more factions, more maps, everything. But at the end of the day, the core game loop is is right on there. And you get to build a society of beavers. Like they get little they get little like rooftop terraces and mud baths and, oh. and benches and like it's cute. They, they swim in the water. Like you don't have to build bridges. If you just build a ladder down into the water, they'll just swim across the river. It's adorable. <laughs>
0: That does sound very delightful. Do they tear into the scrap metal the same way that uh, they tear into the wood? Because I imagine
1: that they're using their chompers to, to saw through all that wood. No, uh, no, it's, it's, they just, it's just like, there's an animation and they just use their hands for everything. It, it's not mm. them chomping on the wood. It's just like them hands move up and down, up and down and gathering motion. And then the, the tree falls over and they take the logs. And But they will carry the log on their back when they swim.
0: I mean that that does help. That does sound very cute. Um yeah, incredibly. So I I guess uh the question we always ask, uh would you recommend this game? It sounds like you're leaning towards
1: yes. A- absolutely. I would absolutely recommend it. Um it's 25 bucks and it's early access, so that's always a little like yeah. Um negatively i will say once i got pretty like highly built up in the game and i'm running this on like ultra graphics and everything the game could it could be a little hard to look at sometimes um and i think they just need to like fine tune some of the graphic detailing and just and just sharpen everything up a bit because it did look when you were like fully zoomed out it looked a little flat and a little washed out and it was kind of hard to look at for a while um But even if you aren't the biggest city builder fan, like you could definitely get some fun out of this. It's again, like there's a lot of cute little things because they're beavers and it's it's just fun and it's straightforward. And uh, the design is, is, you know, really well done. And I just enjoyed the game. Like I just just straight up enjoyed the game um, in a way that I, I didn't enjoy Frostpunk.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it man. It sounds it sounds quite fun uh for for people who love that silly city builder side of things. And again, factions of beavers, it's really hard to go wrong.
1: Yeah. I the one thing is you don't interact with the other factions when you're on the map, you're by yourself. You're the only faction of beavers, so you're not going to like have to worry about being attacked by another faction or having to trade with <laughs> another faction or them you know stealing the prime damn spot that you were going to build up if you are alone on the map and you get to do your thing, so it is it's It's fun, and I can't wait to see what else That's they nice. add to it
0: you You frame that as a negative, but I would totally play Beaver Total War. I just I absolutely would uh would love to see Beaver combat, but that sounds nice
1: too. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, uh, that could be fun, but not not in this type of game. Uh but Chase, speaking of something not like this type of game, what have you guys been playing? Uh I have been
0: playing Paradise Killer, a game that I only found out about because of Kristen. So I, I get to start with that, Kristen. How did you hear about this game and what originally drew you to it such that you were like, Chase, you have to play this game?
2: Gosh, I remember playing it back in the winter of 2020. And I think I heard about it originally from Podquisition, the... um the video game podcast that Stephanie Sterling and Laura Kate Dale and Conrad Zimmerman do. I think that is how I first heard about Paradise Killer, and I I played it. I was really intrigued by it, and I overall really enjoyed the experience. And I know I know I talked about it with you at the time, mm-hmm. um, because you have now played it.
0: Yes, we have had some uh, DM conversations over Twitter about this game. Um, but I, I still like it is the kind of game that's uh, easy to uh, to speculate on. It, it's another for, for those of you not familiar with the concept, it is another uh, crime solving game. My streak of games in which I get to solve murders uh, continues. Uh, It has that kind of visual novel style element to it in how you interact with characters, uh, talking to people and and finding clues on the island to try to put individual mysteries together and uncover new mysteries that emerge as you learn more about the island Um, with a very colorful cast of characters.
2: Very colorful. Do we even want to give like kind of the... Not a plot, not a plot synopsis, but kind of a setting synopsis, because it's it's an incredibly unique world and situation that you are put into. Yeah. Why, why don't you go? I mean, go for it. What, uh, what, what, okay. what
0: drew you into this? Because it is a very fascinating like you, you start out having been exiled for three million years, you know, casual three million yes. year exile. Um, you
2: play as a character. Called Lady Love Dies, and you are essentially brought out of exile to um uncover a killing. And what's that took place on an island, and Lady Love dies, and all of the people on this items on this island, excuse me, are essentially like essentially Quasi immortal beings. You've got multiple skeletons, just like a red a red skeleton, a gold skeleton. And just it's really odd. And then they they are attempting to create essentially the perfect society on these islands. And every time, whenever something goes wrong, which ultimately it does, they're um um, they try they they move on to the next iteration of the experiment yeah
0: just destroy the island destroy all of the people that were on it because they do kidnap people from the real world and force them to yes. live on this island to worship the gods such that they can try to either bring them back or uh, try to kind of power paradise through this religious devotion and again, this game, so many good names. Uh, some of the gods that they try to appease uh, you've got uh, Dying from Sadness, Damned Harmony, Crying Grudge, Nightmare Revival. Um, so
2: if you can't tell, not necessarily good people. Not necessarily no. the kinds of. But uh, you can romance someone named Dr. Doom Jazz. You can
0: hook up with you Dr. Doom Jazz.
2: You can romance. A woman with a ram's head who lives in a sewer.
0: Mm-hmm. Providing mis- uh, secrets for everyone <laughs> in town because they are the, uh, not quite gossip because that implies that like there isn't some the subterfuge in how they, yes, a trader of secrets to be sure. Um, and she is also like the model for like all the advertising um, around the city, which is kind of
2: fascinating. It's- The world that you are presented with is so unique and obscure. It doesn't, it does not handhold you. It doesn't really try to explain. A lot of it is stuff that you just kind of find out incidentally through the world, which I think could put some people off, but I actually really enjoyed about the game. I liked having that kind of... In a, in a way, for me, it was immersion um, and uncovering it just through exploring. Yeah, I mean, look, Lady dies has been gone for three million
0: years. She doesn't know what's been going on. Like, you have to Ooh. uncover this stuff, too. Um, and the way that it bounces off of characters that um, she knew and was friends with one in the past and, and characters that uh, may have gone a little bit crazy since
2: the last time around,
0: looking at you yeah. witness to the end um which again
2: another really <laughs> great name um i do and, want and to say it was three million she was exiled for three million days not three years mil- three million still days. a lot of days still
0: a lot still of a lot. days um but thank you for that correction i i i do i do find it fascinating the kind of cosmology that is created in the way that you slowly uncover that basically everyone on the island is corrupt Like, everybody's got their hands dirty at least a little bit, Um, though, uh, well, I I can't really say uh, who are the exceptions of the rule without spoiling things, which we'll get there when we get to uh, the ending talk, because we have to talk about the ending. But uh, needless to say, um, everybody has at least their hands a little bit dirty. Everyone is connected to one of the crimes that's been going on. And part of the game is kind of deciding, like, which of these leads are you willing to follow up on and and who do you believe at the end of the day? The one thing that's very clear from the very beginning, and thus I do not consider it a spoiler, is that uh, the citizen that has been uh, framed for this, one Henry Division, um, with a demon possessed within him, um, definitely didn't do it. Uh, that he's, he's been, uh, set up because the council wants to blame somebody not on the council and you have the choice, I suppose, if you want to just back with the council is saying no one's going to stop you, but that's part of what makes the game interesting is that decision of like, who are you willing to protect? Who do you think is worth hiding their secrets in order to focus on? The secrets of these um, these other characters, because everyone's got them, and what you know, you, whatever you focus on can be correct. Okay. Do you do you have a, a a favorite character, Kristen? Someone that like really stands out to you?
2: I um I do, but I think Walter had a I had a question. Okay. okay. A comment. So
1: yeah, so we've got characters that are named after uh, uh, failed warped tour band ideas. <laughs> We've got a romance simulator. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of, like, American Gods kind of inspiration here. And the Patsy that they set up, his last name is Division. Mm-hmm. I think I'm on board yeah. so far. The subtlety Good. on that last name, though, is uh, is not there.
0: Subtlety is not how any of these names work, to be sure. Um, it, it does... I, you know, I, I the other way that this will sell you, Walter, uh, incredibly uh, anti-capitalist uh, and some, some nice skewering of religion in there as well. Uh, it picks its targets and it aims hard. Uh, and again, you can kind of decide for yourself, right, like which of those elements you want to focus on and what you think about these characters based on their role within the system. Um, and, and one of the characters that I really like and I might argue is even my favorite character, uh, is uh, One Last Kiss, who is uh, very much outside of uh, what's been going on with a lot of these other characters, and because of that outsider perspective, really gives you a, uh, you know, a, a very different approach to these problems that you were trying to solve. Um, who who stood out to you the most, Kristen? Who who are the, the ones that you keep going back to when you think
2: about this game? One last kiss is very good. And um I think outside of them I I really I don't know what it was I really liked. I really liked the daybreaks and um I was well, who
0: doesn't like a red skeleton bartender, right? Who doesn't
2: like yeah. That, it's tough um but then I like I did mention dr. doom jazz I I really love dr. doom jazz I just think he's very fun yes um it's I mean it's hard there's like there are a couple that I abs- I would put it as there are like t- a handful I absolutely loathe mm-hmm it's there's it's more like that I guess
0: very hateable characters yeah um, uh... I, I would Ray say Piko. I Akiko. really hate her so much. Uh, she because is it's loathsome, and it's not even that like sh- just because she's a bad guy. Because you can be a bad person in this game and be interesting and dynamic. It's mm-hmm. just her entire story arc is how much she hates you and how much she hates everything that you're doing and how much she has no respect for any of this process, um, and even in like the friendship scenes that you're supposed to have these kind of uh supporting moments where you can get to know more about these characters uh her whole thing is like fuck you why do you how how dare you try to be my friend I have no interest in this whatsoever (laughs) um which is just like like I guess fine but it's given that this game is is trying to hit this nuanced point and and really give you some messiness as to uh, whether or not you want to follow up with certain characters, it's a little bit weird that people like Akiko and people like Yuri Knight, who is the one that I I know you told me like the first time I mentioned that name, you're like I hate him so much, um, and he is also eminently also, hateable.
2: He is eminently hateable, but it's also because like I under I understand where he's coming from and his character. I think it has a lot more to it than Akiko mm-hmm. does. does. Um, we're talking a, a lot about character, but there's just, I just feel like there's so much to talk about with this game.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about kind of the, the experience of solving these mysteries then, because, you know, I think about characters a lot when I think about this game, because so much of it is, Mm -hmm. interfacing with them and asking them the right questions and you know kind of bouncing back and forth between all these different people to figure out who's telling the truth and who isn't but yeah exploring the island also has its own uh unique angle to it how did how did you find
2: that experience overall i really enjoyed it at times i found it frustrating Mm -hmm. because i felt like it could be just a little too um oblique no is is that what is that the word i mean
0: i i think so like like navigating no. early on when you don't know the yeah. city um it can feel very obtuse the paths that yes, you need to take
2: obtuse is good
0: i the the like, amount of <laughs> Sorry, you, you go ahead. I'll embarrass myself if you don't call it out. But there's a very obvious <laughs> moment of this that really yes. broke my brain. Yeah. No, you go, you go for it. Um, the, 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 it's like, look, I don't know how to get to this, like, prison island where the, the guy's kept and where Akiko is holding him hostage. And I, I can't figure out how to get there. And Kristen, you, you, I remember your message. You're like, it's not that hard. It's like, but it is, though. I can't figure it out. And it turned out that I had been there. I knew exactly the place that I needed to go. But I just assumed that the grate that had been torn open was something that I couldn't get into. And so I spent all this time, like, trying to find my way into the building because there's a door that you can see. And it's like, oh, I must have to come through the other side of that door. (laughs) And no, you could just jump in through the grate and go. Um, The whole perfectly reasonable... Um,
2: and I I would totally missed it. I would say my time of that wasn't necessarily with finding people, but it was definitely like traveling up elevators in the plaza area and trying to get to really weird, like roofs of other buildings to find certain things. I, it was that. That was yeah. that experience for me of just maybe trying to jump one too many times that I just ultimately could not make. Yeah, and I it
0: took me a little bit longer than I want to admit to figure out that you could use those uh, those uh, foot baths to gain new abilities. Like mm-hmm. once I started getting some of the movement abilities, it's like oh I can double jump now. Oh I can do this kind of dash in the air. Like suddenly things became a lot easier. but I like blood crystals I was having a hard time finding early and so I you know and, and when you do find them, it's like, oh well, I need to use them on save points because this game doesn't let you save whenever you want. You have to go to these designated save locations and those are the moments you know, the places you can fast travel and it costs blood crystals to do that. And so it's like, well, I don't want to spend on this footpath that I have no idea what it does. <laughs> When I have fast traveling that I want to use because I can't figure out which of these three bridges gets me to the uh, temple that I need to go to. Um, that one also took me forever to find the right path, yeah. to. Um But so, then you try it and it's like, oh, now the game is a thousand percent easier and I wish I'd done this all along.
2: Yeah, I think there is definitely an upside to how much this game doesn't tell you up front, but then also you encounter those kinds of issues, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunately a downside of a game like this.
0: I I think honestly, they could have fixed all of my problems with it by just having a more detailed mini map when you're at a safe point. Like you don't have to have it for the whole thing because I understand that you Mm want to have people explore these individual regions, but like, When you look at the list of fast travel locations, being able to see on the map which one goes where, so that you don't have to remember kind of the the vague names of some of these for districts that have a bunch of them, um, Mm -hmm. or being able to recognize like you know some of the elevation points on the map, could have really gone a long way. Um, But I I think what's there is still quite nice, and I, I wouldn't necessarily want to go too far in the handholding direction because part of what makes it great is when you uncover things that you weren't expecting to. Like, uh, I found a couple things that I was not looking for that I did not know that I needed to look for because I hadn't found the start of that particular quest line yet. Um, and finding it, was so much more interesting and more dynamic as a result. Um, I'm being vague about that because I want to save all the spoilery stuff until the end. But you, there are multiple moments that can feel really organic that way. Um, what did you think about the puzzles? Because there are quite a few puzzles in this game that I, I felt like maybe varying levels of quality.
2: I I would agree with that. I mean, I had to. I I am not shy to look up the solutions to puzzles that I can't find my way through because especially nowadays, I'm like, my time is precious. Um, I'm not going to waste half an hour trying to, bashing my head against a wall with this puzzle. So I definitely did that with a few of them. Not as many as I thought I would, I will say. hmm
0: Yeah. Once you figure out how to get to these places, a lot of the um, the puzzles themselves are kind of collect the thing and get the put the thing in the right slot so that you can unlock the new place to go and and things like that um, that kind of build off of each other. Well, Um, also, we should just take a moment before we get into the spoiler stuff, because I think we're almost there. But that soundtrack, though,
2: fucking amazing. Can yeah. I swear? Yeah, Absolutely. by all means, go for it. Okay. Look, it's like 80s synth vaporwave and also the art. Mm hmm. Amazing. Love it. The soundtrack is just spot on. It really sets the mood.
0: Yeah, I'm sending a couple um, images in our, our chat so that Walter Please. can see what this game kind of looks like as you're encountering through. And it is a very interesting set of aesthetics, you know. I I find that with a lot of visual novels um, it can, like the environments can sometimes feel a little bit dull or a little bit repetitive because the emphasis was put just on the characters but this is a world that is fun to explore and, and the soundtrack has a sense of, of wonder to it, you know. like the, 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 You can get into a real vibe, um, as you're, like, going through Mm -hmm. and and finding, you know, clues in a few different places, but then you go to certain locations that have their own music, and there's, like, that, oh, shit, serious now. Like, now I'm at the, um, the place in which people are are not going to, uh, let me relax, and it it adds this tension to it, even though you know that it's a game that it doesn't have, like, combat or anything in it. You're never in danger outside of like a war of words but music and the sound design it it sets an atmosphere atmosphere excuse me um that's just really nice uh is there anything else that that you feel is worth talking about before we get into spoiler territory because we we kind of mm-hmm. have to right like yeah the, the ending of this game is something that is um controversial enough that not talking about it would feel like a mistake.
2: Mm-hmm. Walter, is there anything you, you feel like we have left out in talking about this game because it is all over the place. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I cannot stress to the listeners at home. Like I, I'm just like Google looking at images of this game. This looks like a Miami vice designer, <laughs> took way too much acid and was like let me let me get really fucking weird <laughs> this is like this is like if you're playing Hotline Miami and the character mm-hmm. in that game took all the drugs that were in that game and then went to design a video game like i i mean visually it is striking and with this kind of color palette and design scheme i can only imagine what the music sounds like next to mm-hmm. it and just like looking at the characters is like you can just see personality across the board on these characters. Like you know, you sent the the red uh red skeleton, like that dude looks like he's got some crazy like stories to tell and is gonna give you a hit of E while he's telling you them. Like this mm. this looks like a trip.
0: It it is an absolute trip. I mean, there's a reason that uh the, the main per- spokesperson is named Crimson Acid. And I would bet anything that some acid was involved in the creation of this game, 100%. Yeah. Um, and and I, I love it for that. I, I love how striking these visuals are and the weirdness of it and the weirdness of you know the flavor text whenever you look at these collectibles and trying to learn more about what these previous islands were like and what these gods are like and how being alive for 3 million plus days... Does weird things to the brain, you know. Um, yeah. How,
1: so how does it compare to, uh, like, the Persona games? Uh,
2: interesting comparison. How much Persona have you played, Kristen? Because none. Great. I want. I want to play Persona Five. Mm-hmm. I just haven't. I think I, I purchased I, it for my on my PS4, but I need I, to play it. I need it to come out on the Switch
0: so that I can play it because that's the the console where I play games nowadays, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have a PlayStation for it. Um, certainly, like like Persona, obviously has a lot of combat, um, which this game absolutely does not have. Okay. Um, but I, I would say like as far as uh, being able to set an atmosphere, being able to create very colorful characters, very color like interesting and weird design choices i certainly think that those elements are here um the the difference is that instead of trying to build out this uh you know fully fleshed out uh, combat system and these interlacing mechanics of of uh taking down enemies uh, you have to take them down theoretically with words and with (laughs) evidence um and and in all the other crime-solving games that I've played, that's been a really satisfying experience. With the exception of the end of Danganronpa 3, which I will not get into again, even though I am indeed <laughs> still salty about it, um, they, they all have like this really dynamic solving the crime element to it, where you feel very smart because you saw the right line and focused on the right thing, and this game presents itself very much with the idea of you choose what's right you choose what is truth um and and what what, what's the line Kristen? it's it's uh truth or um it it's like truth or fact that's what it is um is it a fact or is it the truth and it's trying to play around with that theme and now let's get into spoilers because spoiler alert does not quite land the way yeah. that this game could. Um, what what mm. did what did you think when you played through the ending?
2: I I was really let down by the ending, and I hate I hate that I'm saying that because I think the overall experience was worth it. I am glad I played this game, but mm. ultimately, you know, the final. The court scene where you present your findings to the judge and everyone is there. I did not find satisfying at all. No.
0: Well, because it's not presenting clues as people have rebuttals to things and having this dynamic back and forth. It's, here's the mystery that we're solving right now. Pick the person that you want to accuse. Click through every dialogue option based on all of the evidence that you've unlocked. And the game will argue it for you automatically. The order in which you present evidence does not matter, um, which is always like I I tried to lead arguments in a certain direction, and it would not react to what I had said previously. So if I just had like a lock in, like this is really hard evidence, um, but then I went back to like the first pit, it would be like, well, that's not a particularly strong clue. Um, but you would still have picked the correct answer because the other clues were correct. But there's no like, there's no real gameplay to it. The game, no, it, it's almost like the game says, "Congratulations, you did it. Now you get to watch it play out based on on what you want, but not quite what you want because it's not a game in which you can choose entirely uh, who did which crime." Certain things it'll bend for, certain things you can um, make the case and uh, you can focus on one person versus another, but a lot of them have a distinct answer. And if you don't pick the right person for it, they just tell you that you're wrong and blame the patsy and move on, which, like, I guess is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with having an objective answer except for the fact that some of them that you don't and you don't know which it's going to be until after you've already accused somebody and you're stuck with these same cutscenes that start and end each case. Um, It feels very repetitive.
2: I say, obviously I say my game right before I went in there to, to, to do the trial because I, I kind of knew who I was going to um, pin certain things on. But, and this is spoilers, the, the daybreak. Sam and Lydia are a couple. It's the, the red skeleton and the woman who drives you around the island. They were involved in certain crimes. And I was like, I'm really interested with how characters will react. Like, what happens if I condemn Lydia? And I don't, con- and I don't implicate Sam. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I was like, you know, I really kind of want to condemn them both because I have personally have a very strong sense of justice. Um, but I just want to see how this plays out and if it gives me anything that I find personally satisfying. So I, bl- I condemned, I, I implicated Lydia, pinned her for a crime, but I did not do it for Sam. And I just found the result at the end when Sam says something to me, like right at the end of the island to be so disappointing and lackluster. I was like, I, this was not satisfying at all. I am not going to go back and go through that entire thing again just to get essentially the same message because I... In, I implicated his wife and he's just going to say the yeah. exact same thing to me.
0: It is one of those like, he, uh, for me, it was I uh, accused Yuri of doing the second seal, which is one of the ways in which you can break. You can uh, protect Lydia if you want to. And so then the third seal happened and it was just like, oh, yeah, because he did that last one, he did this one, too. Right. So you don't have to solve <laughs> this one, actually. Same with the fourth seal. You don't have to solve that one either now. And it's like, I I guess like fine, I suppose, but it's not satisfying to have multiple cases just wrap up based on one choice based on like, again, it'd be different if we were like presenting individual facts as evidence and then counter evidence was presented that you would have to argue around or whatever. But because it's a drop-down menu you just kind of feel like oh well there's the way that i'm supposed to play it except during the times in which there isn't a right way to play it and good luck guessing which is which or feeling like um the way that you did it is the quote unquote right way it it feels like they never quite commit like they could have committed to, Mm -hmm. uh, any combination of facts with enough evidence would work, or there is one absolute answer. And here are the things that you can use in the trial to kind of thin your options out. But that's just not the game that we got. Um, and it's, it's very like, like it takes like 30, 45 minutes maybe for all of the trials and I, I remember messaging you about that. I'm like, you well, you know, I, I really wanna beat this game, but I'm gonna need a couple hours, I imagine, because it's the last case and there's gonna be so much to go through, and you're like, No. Nah. No, that's not that's not the game that we're playing. Um And I, I also do just wanna um poor Henry, uh, even when you prove mm-hmm. him innocent of everything, he's just stuck on the island. He's not allowed to leave. Yeah,
2: because he's not one of the Quasi-immortal god beings, right? And and you're like part of. He's of, gonna die anyway.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one last one last kiss's whole point was like maybe the system is bad, and you're like, yeah, the system's bad. Here's all the reasons in this trial that the system's bad, and then at the end, it's like, by the way, you're gonna continue to be part of the system because that's you're what the still next island in the needs.
2: System, it, you, there's yeah, no it's now. like there's no upheaval and i think it's weird to bring dark souls the soulsborne games into this but it like those games give you a way they they there's this system and it gives you a way to upend the system if you're going to point out how the system itself or the world itself is flawed give us a way to work against that and to change it. Otherwise, it ultimately just feels really disappointing. Yeah.
0: And and I think the, the perfect kind of button on that was my interaction with Henry at the end, because it's like, well, this island is going to be destroyed, and you're not allowed to leave. We have put you back in a jail cell. Like, it's the worst possible way of handling it, given that he's committed no crimes, and you can't argue against it with anybody. Um, Even if like the asshole military person was uh, taken out as part of the crime. And so like I I saved and I'm like, you know what? It probably like the merciful thing to do at this point would be to kill him before that happens. Right. Because an island being torn apart by demons sounds really bad. And this guy did nothing wrong. And I want to help him with that. And his reaction was anger. He's just like, after all we've been through, you're actually going to do this to me? And it's like, well, I guess the moral nuance of that question just didn't come up. It's just like, well, you're killing me. It's like, well, you're gonna die. like you, that's happening no matter what. There's no option to save you. I so something should matter in how I interact. And it's like, no, the, it, it it it's gonna be bad no matter what you do. And that's just that's just what you have. Um, <laughs> there, there's a better version of this game that keeps the mystery almost the same if not exactly the same and has a much more dynamic back and forth and gives you some opportunities to remake you know to, to make some substantive changes mm-hmm. to how the next uh island will play out and it's just not here and i i i don't know like You know, when we talk about, like, would you recommend this game? Like, the vast majority of my experience, I was having a lovely time. Characters are great. World design is great. Sound design is great. Some of the mysteries have some nice twists there. It it all Mm -hmm. feels satisfying. But then you get to the end. And there's just... It's hard to recommend a game that is all about, you know, culminating and solving a mystery when the ending doesn't work great. So... Where, where do you
2: end up on it Kristen do you ultimately recommend this game it is hard it is hard to recommend but i do i do recommend it I think people who are intrigued by this should maybe like watch or play the first I don't know 10 15 minutes and if it jibes with you keep playing because ultimately i found the experience worth a while and incredibly mm-hmm. like pleasant at times just wandering around the city to the soundtrack i loved yeah you can get in a real groove with it
0: and i do like that intro sequence where you jump down from this uh exile uh home that you've been stuck in and the the music kicks in and the the kind of mm-hmm. um 80s vapor wave comes through as you're falling down and the credits start like it's a great moment and so much of this game grabs me. If you do play it, I, I highly recommend um, getting those movement abilities as quickly as you can. Forget about fast traveling early. Just go to those foot baths. Go get to the, the foot baths. like get, make make movement as easy for yourself as possible, so that you can have fun with the exploring side of
2: the process. And I also waited too long with the foot baths. I remember that now. I did. Well, because why would you? It's just
0: a foot bath. Yeah, it doesn't tell you bath. what it does. There's, It's just like, this seems like it would be relaxing. It's like, not now, uh, 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 Lady Love Dies. Like, we have a crime to solve. And it. it's like, no, no, we really should have done that. <laughs> it turns out, foot baths, uh, OP. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, like, I, I recommend it. I, I wish I could recommend it more than I do. Um, and I I really want to see, like what the next game is that Mm the studio makes, right? Like what's the way to build off of um, what they have here to make something entirely, um, you know, that that's just as weird, but has a little bit more of that uh, punch at the end. Um, I I think that they can get there and I think that they will get there. Uh, The game did well enough. It just had a new release onto the the PS five and uh, I, I think somewhere I, like I, I think they launched on a couple new consoles and they updated the PC and Switch version. Which you and I have not played the updates. It it doesn't yeah. matter. I've looked into them a little bit. They seem minor but cool. Like free stuff is cool, you know. Um,
2: yeah. Sorry, y'all. Um, I could not make myself start this game all over again, just for the new content. (laughs) Yeah. It's,
0: it's meant to be played once and enjoyed and, uh, taken in as an experience that you can vibe with and get into a rhythm with. And, uh, once you've done that, uh, don't stress about the ending too much and you'll have a good time. That's, uh, I, I think where we will wrap up on, uh, Paradise Killer, and where we will wrap up this podcast. Uh, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Where can the
2: nice people at home find you? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at kpignolo. My last name is very hard to spell. Um, I probably shouldn't have it in my handles, but um, it's (laughs) uh, p-i-g-n-u-o-l-o. Yes. That's where you can find me.
0: And that'll be in the episode description as well. For those of you who prefer uh, the copy paste strat. Um, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
1: Uh, As always, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And, uh, and yeah, you know, thanks for, thanks to Kristen for, for coming on. It is always uh, wonderful to have, uh, have guests that have played games uh, that we have already played and can discuss the nuances Uh, about them i i feel like especially with those sort of um like visual novel style games because there is so much to the story that it really does help to have someone else who has experienced it uh to bounce off of uh and yeah i can't wait to uh i can't wait to come back in two weeks to talk about some of the games i think i think that's what i'm gonna do like i said earlier i'm gonna go through the ukraine bundles on itch.io and the humble bundle and see if i can't find some uh some hidden gems in there
0: Absolutely. Well, I look forward uh, to that. Uh, Of course, you can find uh, me at Chase Wassenaar on Twitter. You can find the pod at Rough Drafts Pod. That's where all of our uh, podcasts can be found. Of course, you can also, uh, if you want to listen to Kristen and I talk about K-pop things with Shay and uh, either Justin or Zach, depending on our kind of rotating fourth spot at this time, uh, you can follow at K-pop shenanigan. No S because someone else <laughs> took that one and I am still salty about it. I Who who else would come up with this except for know. us? And yet here we are. Um, but uh, K-pop shenanigans, it's a real fun show. Uh, hopefully the March, uh, or I should say the January, February episode should be out by the time you're listening to this. And if not, please go on Twitter and yell at me to get my shit in order and get that podcast out to y'all. Um, but uh, we will be back in two weeks uh, to talk about uh, two completely different games. And until then, uh, goodbye, Internet.
2: Bye. Bye.